0: welcome to casual watch talk the podcast from the casual watch reviewer youtube channel join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting the latest horology news and interviews if you're not already subscribed subscribe on your favorite podcast app let's dive into the show Frederick constant release a watch that beats at 288,000 beats per hour. Rolex is a buzz with rumors for next week's watch releases. G-Shock are hitting the new releases hard including an Android OS powered watch. Non-fungible tokens make their way into the watch world and Hodinki release an oddly timed watch on the 1st of April and completely missed the irony. Welcome to Casual Watch Talk you're joined by Sam and Chris. How have you been Chris?
1: I don't know, pretty good. Pretty good. Getting warmer.
0: So should we kick it off with uh, a wristwatch check this week? What have you been wearing? Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: change it up. Uh I am wearing the one oh four white dial on the fine link bracelet. Very uh looking looking pro fancy. Uh I uh I've talked about it a couple of times and over on our Facebook group uh mentioned it and so found the found the links. It was funny the, the guys were ribbing me over there uh like it was some, you know, big accomplishment, like I'd, you know like I got a raise or my, you know, achieved a life goal or something They're like, oh, congratulations. <laughs> so Feels good on the wrist and uh, it's getting a roll, you know, it's uh, get, getting lots of uh, wrist time.
0: Yeah. And join us over on the Facebook group, guys. It's really, uh, it's, uh, there's, we actually got quite a, new, a lot of new members this week. So welcome yeah. everyone that joined if you're watching the podcast. Well, I'm wearing my the uh, marathon. I love this watch, this quartz marathon. The T-SAR, I think it is. I keep wanting to call it the G-SAR. It's, it's the T-SAR. And I keep forgetting that I've got that X33 because it's still at the jewellers. <laughs> oh, gee.
1: Yeah, it'll be a surprise when it comes back.
0: Yeah, I keep forgetting it, and I have. If you've not seen the new NASA Velcro straps for the oh, Omega right. watches, I've got one of those on order from Omega. It's one hundred and ninety dollars for a Velcro strap.
1: Uh but it's, oh, but, it's a, but it's an Omega part number, so of course, of course, it is. You're paying you're paying OEM prices there. Yeah, and you've got the uh, marathon on the uh, on the bracelet as well. It looks good.
0: Well, yeah, it's not the marathon bracelet. It's ah. actually one from Watch Gecko. Watch Gecko had another like awesome sale as they do. I think it worked yeah. out it $40. It's forty dollars. It's their riveted bracelet so it only just arrived but i had been wearing it on the elastic strap that i experimented with oh, but i'll do right. that on another show i've been experimenting right. with making it a... use that well now let's look at this week in watches first story is rolex are going to be releasing some new watches it's rumored and watch pro they think that the explorer Reference 216570 is going to be updated and that the Air King and the Milgauss will probably be updated or leave Rolex's portfolio entirely. They're also speculating that there's going to be something big for the Explorers 2's 50th birthday. The most interesting story I saw on this, and I'll get your feedback on this, Paul Thorpe did a complete breakdown of all of the rumors, but his top rumor was that he thinks Tudor are gonna do a Tudor sub. He also speculated that there's going to be something big for the Explorer 2, that the 39 millimeter Explorer might be discontinued. He also thinks there's going to be a platinum Submariner, a rose gold Submariner, the Submariners might come on the Oysterflex bracelets, and that the Wimbledon dial might go. He also thinks that the Milgauss might go or might come Mm. back. I don't know if you've have you seen his video, or have you seen any of the others on the rumors? I
1: I have not, uh, not i have not delved too deep into the rumors. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot out there. And there's a lot, I think, that's, a there's a lot of that I think I've sort of heard and sort of kind of goes with what has happened in the last couple of releases, especially on just the, you know, coming out on just the rubber strap, and then like rose gold on the rubber strap, and things like that. You've got two, the Explorer 2 and the Milgauss, I mean, those are... Arguably, sort of late. I, you know, I, I would even say maybe latecomers to the uh, Rolex hype machine. I don't know what are we calling it. You know, the, uh, you know, I, maybe four, five, four years ago, three years ago. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think the, you know, a polar explorer was as held in higher regard, or a Milgauss was held in anywhere near higher regard as, you know, some of uh, some of their other pieces, you know basics of mariner or or uh, you know Daytona, et cetera um and I think they've you know they've they've come forward so it'll be it'll be interesting for Rolex to sort of acknowledge that these are now um, sought after yeah and uh, you know and so everybody that uh, and I certainly see it with the Submariner, you know, the previous the ceramics and then now the the older ceramics and the different case styles when they start discontinuing those colors and then they they change out and come up new, you know, you get this you get the situation where it's like no one really wanted to buy the the Milgauss, or no one really wanted to buy a Polar Dial Explorer 2 4 years ago, but now they don't make them anymore. And so then <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like oh you know this is this is now a thing so it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what changes yes
0: that old thing with the Paul Newman dial wasn't it there was they used to say at the time that that wasn't a very sought after model
1: they, they have definitely mentioned that you know that it was it was a uh was not a popular model by any by any means and it's just he happened to catch on to one
0: I'll leave a link to Paul Thorpe's video. Uh, he, he did a great job of it. I'm If he's right, I'm interested in seeing a Submariner in rose gold. Like, I think it would look pretty cool, depending on what the color scheme was. So it'll be all to play for. You'll see no shortage, I'm guessing, of YouTube videos as soon as they release them. I don't typically do them because I, I'm not a real Rolex expert, to be honest. Uh, you know, I appreciate them for what they are, but I'm not an expert by any means. Let's roll into the next story here, and this watch looks incredible. I can't wait to see one in person if there would be an opportunity, but Frederic Constant have released a watch that beats at 288,000 vibrations per hour. To put that into perspective, that's 80 ticks per second or 40 hertz it's beating at. They've basically created a silicon oscillator. It looks like it's an evolution of mechanical movements. That one oscillating piece replaces twenty six of the watch's components have Have you had seen this chris yeah
1: oh it's it I saw uh the the release video of it and that close up uh animation video of the oscillation that the piece of silicone is doing. And I mean, I guess I guess without watching it, I mean, I know you'll uh, pop it up, but uh, it looks like basically uh, it, it goes left and right and it like climbs up the small gear in the middle. I mean, it's so so uh, fascinating of a movement of how they've sort of designed it to like to like operate in that manner. Yeah, I think this is perfect between a spring drive movement and a typical escapement in, you know, say an original ETA movement with, with the jewels and the, and, and the different pieces that have to be lubricated. So it takes all of the stuff that needs super special lubrication and super special timing. And it brings it into basically this plate. And now, uh, we, we, uh, talked a little bit about like Silicon, but from what I know from Silicon manufacturing, I know from computers. And so, I I wouldn't be shocked if it's it's the same way. Well, you know how you make a silicone wafer, and it's a fascinating price, process. Definitely, like find a YouTube video. It's one crystal of silicone, so it's so incredibly strong that you can take like a giant like a giant lump of it and dangle it from a single strand, like for for hundreds of meters because it's. It's one giant crystal. Um, so it gets its you know ultimate strength out of that. And then they, they cut that into wafers. So if it's the same sort of wafer technology, I mean, it's like super strong. And then as far as like the oscillating, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, the other thing I was geeking out on is it looks like they have little weights on the left and right hand side that sort of specify like this is the tick, this is the talk, And like how that goes back and forth. I don't know if I'd want to sit behind a uh, an oscilloscope and set those, because just the absolute tiniest movement is gonna is gonna is gonna pull that out of. Uh, but if they can figure out how robots can just set that from the factory, this is a big this is a big jump.
0: Yeah. Now I don't. I think they've refined this technology. I couldn't find it where they invented it, but I think what they've done is not only have they created the movement very thin. Now, I couldn't find any reference to Frederick Constant owned by Citizen.
1: Citizen, yeah. I'm
0: not sure if Citizen's Manufacturing is making these. I, I think it's, they're calling it in-house, but I couldn't find... I, I think it's just still too early to find out who's actually making these. But they can make it very thin. But one of the surprising things is apparently it's that they've managed to do it at this price point, And they're knocking these out at less than five grand. Uh, when it comes out, I mean, the dress pieces that you know, I'm not crazy about. Yeah, maybe about not them, my but... style.
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I think that's, that that has been. Uh, Frederic Constant has really um, gone into that market where, where they they have they have identified, and we definitely have talked about them we, that they've identified. Okay, so we're not. We want to be affordable, affordable for the folks looking for that luxury dress watch you know obviously i hate we both hate the term affordable luxury we hate that term but there is a market that exists between this looks like a million bucks but is a bit more expensive than a dive watch from tudor and so, and so there's plenty of room there where, where they can go. And I think they really have captured that. I really, you know, I think they've captured that market with their, their manufacturer line, their, um, some of their, you know, some of their pieces is just their moon phase stuff is cool. I, I definitely want my next, uh, dress watch to be a Frederic Constant. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, this, this hits, I think this hits for them. Uh, as far as, as far as what, uh, you know, the value that they're offering, you know, what did you say? 80, 80 times, 80, 80 ticks, ticks a, a second. second. It, uh, Talk can about smooth. The,
0: I know the sweep on that. And it'll be interesting, won't it? Because that, that price point, that'll be RRP, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that price point, that's cheaper than Grand Seiko starts up. Right,
1: right. Yeah. So I find so that I, really interesting. Yeah, it'll that'll be a, that'll be a fun that'll be a fun game changer and that'll be interesting to see if uh if citizen and and different because uh they have Alpine. So they could they could put it into, you know, a diver, a, a, a flieger, a uh you know, pilot watch, whatever. So it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, if they can sort of market it, I mean, here they definitely marketed it in the way that you can see it,
0: like an open heart, yeah, you know?
1: right, yeah. So they very like they're showing off their silicone technology. So, um, yeah, super excited.
0: I know we're not going into this in a lot of depth. I'm sure people want more depth, but I couldn't find a lot of depth about this story but we will roll into the, the next story and going a little bit, I guess, high-tech again. I don't know if you've been looking at G-Shock this week, but they have been hitting it out of the park with some new models. One of the new models that I think's got the most attention is the G-Shock with its Android Wear OS. Now, I think a lot of people, particularly on our Facebook group, have made comment as if it was the first time, but Casio had... A Pro Trek that had the Android OS on it, and they screwed—they screwed it up. They—they—they messed—they messed up that release. People weren't yeah. sure what it was. But this G-Shock, they've really thought about it. It looks like a sports model, and they've put this dual LCD in it, which I think one of the Pro Treks had before. But basically, is always on. So if the battery mm-hmm. dies, you've still got the LCD. Have you seen this watch? I'm gonna—I'll throw up a, a a picture of it now.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did, I did, I did see it. It looks cool. It it looks very G-Shock, which is great.
0: Yeah, I really like, I really like the look of it. Here, I'm just showing for the audio listeners. I'm just showing this uh, the dual faces on it. I mean, it it looks the business. They, I think they were testing the waters with that with the GPS driven range man that they released. I mm-hmm. think last year. Mm-hmm. I that when you saw that old Pro Trek, and I'll throw a picture up here. They missed the mark with that. It, mm-hmm. it Mm-hmm. it looked weird and i don't think people were because at the time which was probably 2 years ago the 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 wear the wearable watches the android ones they were round but they probably had a bit more of a business professional look didn't they they weren't going for a rugged look
1: yeah yeah I think they were I, I think they were trying to soften the soften the image a little more a little more higher tech maybe than that uh than the sort of a typical typical g-shock look to it yeah and there's uh among my friends uh i know there's i think there's a fossil that does the dual display, and you know as soon as I saw that technology, I really think that that's the winning combination where you have the, the LCD that's low power, that's always on, it's always a watch, you don't have to worry about it. Maybe it does low, low power Bluetooth, and it can just, even with a dead charge, the thing can still connect and, and hear your phone, fine, like give you a, you know some sort of indication, alarm, status, et cetera. Um, and then have the battery in it that can go the distance for a full screen, pull up the full screen map, information, etc. Um, I, I, I think that as far as, as far as the future of smartwatches, as far as the future of like ruggedized everyday wear tool watch smartwatches, I think that's the way to go. I'm glad that G-Shock jumped on this. I, I, you're totally right with the Pro Trek line. I feel like they missed it maybe five years ago and we're all like, you know, and then we see these releases, you know, where they're, where they're doing the design and the, um, uh, the fashion stuff, great, but then we're like, guys, where's your, you know, where's the technology? And then a couple, I think it was a couple of years ago, they did they did the GPS technology. So okay, we don't need to listen to a radio signal; we can we can t- tune in directly to the GPS. And I think both of us were like, okay, that's great. Like, but also, when can I get Android on it?
0: I'll just throw this uh, up as well. This is their website, and there's a lot of stuff that I don't think has made it into the watch press, but they. They've done some great releases. They've bought out a women's – I shouldn't say women's. It's it's a smaller version of the Cassie Oak. So there's a okay, more wearable right. size for that because they had a huge hit with that. I yeah. sh- I, I think it surprised them, this ah. – uh, here, oh, it, here says, it is. Okay,
1: for women, though. They are saying it, yeah. for women. Okay. Yeah. And they've got okay. these gold –
0: gold metal g-shocks they're, they're bringing out yeah. a rose gold one i mean that's a crazy yep. price 600 for that but yeah, and yeah. they're also going it all in with these master of g ones with these mm-hmm. three thousand dollar g-shocks but they're putting and i like this we've talked about this before haven't we chris where they mm-hmm. they put in and um, finishes in that are ancient japanese techniques for Um, treating metals and things like that Mm -hmm, or or mm -hmm. these ancient japanese engraves they're going all in with a we're a japanese watch brand this is what we're about is precision and all of that they're not like faking a history or or like seiko where they're going all in with you know flipping street fighter or whatever
1: (laughs) right yeah yeah they're they're trying to apply some apply some you know some traditions to it um talking switching back quick on the uh on the ladies uh, g-shock stuff i know uh tons of of uh, women who grew up either grew up with a baby g or a g-shock and now as a professional uh you know a little older you know is is totally rock rose gold rose gold juice because they know it's going to be you know they know it's going to be bulletproof they know it's going to be an everyday wear it's going to be you know and then it's going to look it's going to look good and it kind of gives you a little bit of that Uh, nostalgia as much as uh, men and and the watch world caters to men um i definitely think that it should start catering more to women and and women have nostalgia for old g-shocks just like we do so
0: yeah and there's always that rumor isn't there about the biggest selling rolex is the the sort of 26 and the 36 women's watches as they outsell most of the other brands. And I like that that gold G Shock that they bought mm. out there, the kind of unisex gold one. Um yeah, I, cool. I like what they're doing and thought I would give them a shout out because it's definitely one that caught my eye and I've not seen a lot of videos on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Check out the check out the new Casio G Shock releases. Very cool. Absolutely.
0: Rolling on to our next story now and it seems like a couple of months ago I'd never heard of what a non-fungible token was. And then suddenly everybody <laughs> is like is, going yeah. crazy for yeah. these non-fungible it tokens.
1: It's the it's the it's the Bitcoin of 2021, is what it is. Everybody or it's the uh cryptocurrency. Sorry, I won't say Bitcoin. It's it's the cryptocurrency of 2021. You know, everybody is yeah, everybody's talking about it. <laughs> well,
0: if anybody's not familiar, a non-fungible token is basically the way to give something, uh, an owner, so a digital piece of art. I think, is it the Kings of Leon or there's bands that are releasing albums Mm -hmm. as non-fungible tokens? And to Chris's point, it's using blockchain technology in that you're basically, your signature, your ownership of that piece is in the blockchain and it can never be changed. Now, apparently there's a company and they've been doing this... I didn't realize this. They've been doing this since last year, but they've been putting Mm -hmm. uh, tags onto Hublot and uh, Favreau Louvre Louvre watches, and they're giving the watch a digital passport. So the the tag is the non-fungible token, or at least the token that that can reference the the token within the blockchain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really interesting because, I mean, this is the ultimate this watch can't be forged, isn't it? I mean, if it's right. in the blockchain.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Then it's like when it was created, it has uh, the, the you can see the timestamp of when, so you can't go back and like, oh, we'll just, oh yeah, we made a thousand of them. Oh, but you know, this add 500. You're like, no, that doesn't like, no, you made a thousand of them. You made a thousand, that is it. There's all the numbers and then you have them. And then you can tell if, if it, the number is duplicated. And then you have like another way to verify it. So there's like the token that's on the on the watch. Then the and then the manufacturer itself might have a piece of that that says you know okay well this is our secret token. So it's like so if this plus this does not equal, then that watch is a fake. I mean very very interesting because I think at one point we were, we had mentioned. This, you know, for for higher end watch pieces, you know, such as you know, we discussed Rolex. I mean, these, you know, once you once you start getting into the eight, ten, fifteen thousand dollars, I mean, like you have your car outside has a VIN number on it. Now, I'm not saying that VIN numbers can't be duplicated, but you know, there's there's information behind it. There's where that was registered, that's where that was transferred, whether it had a lien against it, whether it had an accident. Uh, you know, this piece of information follows it and and there are things that you can look in and say, like, okay, this, you know, this doesn't line up, you know, like, wait, it was in it was in Michigan with 27 miles, and then it showed up in Florida with 27,000, what the hell happened, you know, and you can kind of figure this stuff out. So, uh, it's certainly interesting technology to add to watches.
0: I couldn't find a picture of these tags on the. If I can find one during this, I'll throw it up. But I wonder whether they're going to maybe insert an, um, you know, N- NFR chip oh, like into R- the watch like an RFID yeah RFID. like an RFID yeah. chip into the watch itself because they they've experimented haven't they with
1: laser etch things you know, speaking from a technology standpoint with a with an RFID chip then then you have a uh, a stored ID that's maybe buried inside the watch someplace is it you know again is this forgeable i mean yes like we can you can certainly try uh but then it it can respond to cryptographic information. So then you have like a challenge response situation and like, good luck forging that because then it's like, we gave you this number and then this number sped out and the number that it spit out is like in a vault in a, you know, in Hublot's, uh, you know, secret warehouse, whatever. So like, you, you you can't, again, it's very, very difficult to forge.
0: There's a new watch YouTube channel that's come out of nowhere. It's called for me, anyway, it's called the Timepiece Gentleman. I'm gonna try and get, I'm I would love to interview him, but it's a it's a guy who basically he started an Instagram account around watches and he's a watch dealer and now he's very successful. His YouTube channel, he's doing longer form content like we are here but it's following their day-to-day watch dealing lives and they're professional watch dealers and they're getting a lot of these, all these very desirable Rolexes in. And he has like an interesting perspective on, because he's not an authorized Rolex dealer, he's like gray market. And he had this really interesting perspective on how they get Rolex watches. So what they're saying is, he's saying is that we're imagining that the Rolex watches are coming into the Rolex store and that, they're going straight out the back then. they're like in their car right. up the boot. And he's saying that actually what it is, is imagine the situation where you or I, we, put, we had our names down for a Daytona mm. uh, and the AD rings you and says, your Daytona's turned up mm-hmm. and you only have to pay the list price, which is $12,900. You're getting it from a Rolex. And then suddenly you're looking on Chrono 24 and the thing's like $30,000. Right. He was saying like who would in reality pass that up? That's no matter how much you like the watch, do right. you like it enough to leave fifteen thousand right. or twenty thousand on the table?
1: Yeah. 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 That's a good point. And the concept that I mean, this is this is why you hear those stories where this is why Rolex dealers have tried to sort of confirm their customers and They're not putting just anybody on the list for that Daytona. They're saying, okay, well, you know, you've purchased a Datejust from us. You purchased your wife's Datejust. You're looking for it as a Mariner. Maybe we can get you this. You know, this sort of like this continual customer because there's certainly uh, better for the brand and better for the dealer interested in someone who is going to come to the dealer, buy jewelry, buy the watch, come back have it serviced that that relationship they're looking for the relationship they're not looking for just someone who can list it on chrono 24 because there's a pile of those people there's an infinite amount of those people so good point
0: yeah so then if you've got your your non-fungible token linked with the watch and rolex say okay well, if this watch—if this watch comes in with anybody else bringing it into us, we would <sighs> yep. class it as stolen or whatever. Because the, if if it does link into the box, blockchain, it's unhackable. And how do we know it's unhackable? It's not like one of those. Oh, this is an unhackable system. No, right. because right. there's literally billions and billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin that right. if somebody could hack,
1: based on that, yeah, if, yep. if, if
0: if somebody could hack the blockchain. They would be right. the ri- they would be richer than probably Jeff Bezos. Yeah. So yeah. the incentive for somebody to hack it up to now is like right. beyond. It's right. like the the biggest incentive that's ever been had.
1: Yeah. And earlier you did say NFC, which is near field communication. So you were correct. I said. Uh, remote frequency or uh, rf you know id so we're radio frequency so like we're on the same we're on the same page or we're, we're talking about we're, the same we're stuff
0: literally on the same wavelength yes <laughs> we we're on this yes. well on the, same and, <laughs> on the same nerd wavelength so it but it does bring it up an interesting point that doesn't it where they're like yeah. aha well you you yeah. the blockchain says that it's not you and then rolex and then you'd be like well i sold it to somebody else and rocks like, well we we only have the key to change it in the blockchain and that right. would be ten thousand dollars
1: yeah Yeah. no it's a it's a good it's an interesting catch-22 for the folks i mean i agree that they need to do more uh for some of those for some of those pieces but it's an interesting catch-22 because they're like because they if they started doing more they're like okay chris uh i see that you have uh, uh uh you know purchased and sold your xxx and like literally the whole entire list of all the transactions you've ever done with your watch and then it you know then you're like you know, do I, am I bringing my Ferrari in for service, and they have to verify? <laughs> they're verifying the VIN number. You know, it's like if, it's like that next step, and then you're like, I can't. Oh, I i'm like now you're like afraid to sell it without telling the dealer
0: <laughs> yeah exactly or they're like oh sorry the ferrari tron 4000 system is yeah down. or we just or
1: like it just automatically voids the warranty yeah. or locks in, you out in the Switzerland. car yeah locks you out <laughs> yeah, your watch back just stops the yeah. watch just stops you're like oh no yeah the car oh, just goodness. drives itself back to the dealer right yeah but exactly. a-
0: anyway let's um this is our uh, f- a final story for today a few watch companies had a a poke at the april the first watch Ugh. release and um, Woolbrook did a pretty cool job of it i thought they released this um it, it was definitely a joke uh and i yeah. actually messaged them on instagram saying i hope this has got a 2000 meter water <laughs> resistance so i can wash my hands with it on and they went um they went if you pre-order it we'll add another 100 meters on for you <laughs> i thought that was that's just good. hilarious uh, good. at least they're playing it up yeah <laughs> so anyway so who H- did key of course they had a pop at this and Ugh. why did i say it was ironic it's uh. ironic because you'd expect them to actually release a watch like this yeah. and make it limited yeah. edition like i bet you if they put like a buy it now they would have fictitiously got about <laughs> exactly. a thousand every every it seems uh-huh. like almost every single limited edition release they do of like a normal watch yeah. is like a joke that they're playing on people
1: what's you know what's interesting about this this is like this is this is kind of deep so if you look at the if you look at it on the screen, and for those of you listening, definitely like pull this up. It it looks like it was done in paint. Like it doesn't look like it was photoshopped. And I think, like, I, I feel like they did that on purpose. Very, very purposeful. But also, they photoshop everything. So like it kind of calls out the fact that like that, like Picture of like John Mayer's G Shock, like that thing is in light. That thing was in Lightroom. That thing is in like Photoshop. Honest, on a giant, giant screen for a thousand hours before that picture was posted. So for them to just post up this like corny, like almost bitmap picture, <laughs> yeah, kind of kind of speaks to that. Kind of like, oh, so you guys are photoshopping everything, huh?
0: <laughs> I'm amazed that they had a pop at this. I mean, because I know, it, right? it shows like a tremendous lack of self awareness. I think <laughs> it's like. Bit. Some of the watch brands themselves could have, like, a little joke, like, we're releasing this. And, if, yeah. and, if, and a few of them did. But for Hodinky, I, I, I think it's ironic because, you know, as I said before, I feel like every time they do a limited edition, that's they're playing a joke on the watch collecting right.
1: communities. Yeah, so. yeah. Yep. And we certainly mentioned, uh, I think, uh, four, four, four or so episodes ago, we were talking about a Hodinky brand. A Hodinky brand of watch. Like, when that was going to happen. That was just, we had that conversation yeah so. like
0: april fools we did a hodinky watch brand right. oh, well yeah All okay right. that's fair But enough.
1: but but also people would buy it i mean I, I try to stay off i tried to stay off of social media as much as possible yesterday i just as as like an it guy always looking at a computer i just like tried to <laughs> tried to keep away from it
0: Well, guys, we went over some really interesting stories this week. Uh, I'll leave all of the links in the description down below. Head on over to the Casual Watch Talk Facebook group to continue the conversation there. Uh, As always, we appreciate you watching and listening, and we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.